if we get a thousand listens, yeah. we get a second mic. Okay, let's go. Okay, okay. and start. Welcome, guys. Thank you for joining us for episode two. I think this is an exciting episode. We've been mulling over what to talk about in episode two, but I think we have achieved a soft spot. However, this is Abri's favorite topic to talk about, and he keeps revving on and on about it. So if he's talking a lot, please just bear that in mind. And this is by no means the only time we will have this conversation. I think we will keep having it over and over again. You'll see that it's titled Abundance AI in Africa, which should lend itself to what we're going to be discussing today. So I'll hand it over to Abri to explain to us why Abundance AI in Africa. Okay, great. So we're going to start this episode off by just saying that Audrey said she's going to ask all the questions, but I'm asking all the questions. Nope. <laughs> so the first first little bit, and I think that the discussion of abundance, where the discussion of abundance came from, is looking at we need to start com- consuming things a little bit more so that we can get more to consume yeah um so and that, that's a topic that we see all like wherever um i don't know if you know the abundance mindset very well mm-hmm. but with the abundance mindset for those who don't the idea is that um you get a let's say it's a biscuit or something from a friend you can either conserve it because you're scared that you're never going to get it again or you're going to you know consume it and then hope you get another one so we're looking at consuming the, the AI in this case, the knowledge in this case, to get more AI, not just sit there and think, okay, cool, let's not use it. It looks cool. We're scared of it. Okay, so, <laughs> and that, I think that that's a, a good starting point in terms of the mindset that we want to use. So, mm. not necessarily looking at the negatives at the moment, but mm. the positives, and then perhaps look at the negatives in in part two, mm. and then also like. I don't know if you did. Uh, you you met people who use AI. <laughs> I think that that's that's very important. Yeah. So so Audrey's yeah. going to be talking about the who a little bit, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to be talking about the, the what because I'm I'm a yeah. big geek for yeah. for using AI. <laughs> and I'm glad that you brought about the idea of the positives and the negatives. I think like with any technology, with any new advancements, there's always a positive and a negative to it. And part of the conversation that people are having around the use of AI is how is it influencing human skills? How is it influencing how we work, our traditional roles as, you know, as designers and more specifically in the built environment? How is that affecting um, our professionality? And I think it's, it's important for us to just highlight that, if anything, this is us encouraging you to play around with AI for you to explore the potential of what, you know, your practice could be your way of working could be and how you could become more efficient if if anything and then also i hope this inspires you to think a little bit outside of the box of what is traditional and how you can move things forward so i think that that's with that said that that's abundance done do you Mm -hmm. want to add anything else to abundance no i think i'm happy with the description that you've given us okay yeah great and I think the the rest lends itself. So yes, it is about abundance, yeah. and we're talking about AI, and we're talking about it being used in Africa, but more specifically in the built environment. Mm. I like to stick to my lane, and 
what I know is AI and how it is being used currently in the built environment. So my contribution will very much be leaning towards that side. Sticking to sticking to sticking your lane. Sticking to my lane. I don't like sticking to lanes. <laughs> <laughs> if there's lanes, I like driving on the dirt yeah, road yeah. <laughs> next, next to the, the next to the lane. I'm going to not pressure but encourage mm. audrey to think outside of the box <laughs> on what she could potentially do with it and even challenge her at yeah. the end of the episode yeah. to to produce at least one or two small things on ai on that note if you haven't followed us on instagram mm. this is an opportunity for you to follow us on instagram and see what we're going to be trying out using ai it's going to be quite influential in the work that we'll be putting out on our socials yeah and if you are following us into instagram uh, uh, nope <laughs> <laughs> if you are following us on instagram then i think you you probably saw the little picture of what we imagine african mm-hmm. design to be and what african design really is and i think that or modern african design mm. and i think that that is a great way of how we're going to start the conversation mm. so if you if you're not following us on instagram and you started this episode have a look at what we've posted on instagram it might just con- bring a little bit of context mm. to to what you're seeing earlier. Mm. yeah yeah so let's talk about that let's talk about the two images that we posted recently yeah ai generated ai generated yes (laughs) so what's interesting is that the first image was typically what would be perceived as an interior design space that is influenced by africanness it gives the jumanji you know (laughs) like it gives that jumanji vibe where we're you know between the elephants there's there's like Animal skin, Animal print everywhere. skin everywhere, yeah. yeah. And it, it really feels very wild. And theatrical, <laughs> yeah. I think. To me, it doesn't seem practical. It doesn't seem contemporary. Mm. But we have to acknowledge as well that that is one of the limitations, if any, of AI. That if you, as the person, as you as the human that's giving mm. it the prompts, do not necessarily understand what you're prompting it to give you, you will most probably end up with very generic images. Yeah. And and that is using those images, the purpose of using those images was just to get the concept through. Mm. And I think that that's what, you know, AI does very well is it allows you to get concept through. So when you see your generative picture creators like Bing image creator mm. or um, journey or those type of things, the idea that you can make use of these these AI image generators mm. Mm. to to get an idea through or get a concept through or uh, to generate the picture that you want to show mm. that is what it it really is powerful in at mm. the moment mm. um, with that said when we are having this conversation now versus <laughs> if whoever listens to this in 2023 if you're li- oh, sorry, 2025 mm-hmm. um, listen, listen to this again and then just like it when you listen to it but it's probably going to be very different mm. in, in about two or three years yeah. because AI is continually evolving and mm. people are using AI to make more AI yeah. and I think that that's a, a very interesting place to mm. be in mm. as well it's quite interesting because actually when we started off those you know whispers of this conversation about ai and i think my first interaction with an ai tool was you know chat gpt because it was very prominent at that time and that's what everyone was trying out and the output was at that time text-based 
And then in just a span of a few months, now we have image generative tools now, which is becoming even more advanced that the images that are actually coming out of this of this platforms do not necessarily need even you to do you know like your post production as as they become generated they're good enough to be used for like you're saying your conceptual presentations um, yeah. in the design space yeah and and just with that said people have been developing this for years and years and years and then just all of a sudden it boomed out <laughs> like out of nowhere mm-hmm. that everybody is using it it's become a it's become a place where if you don't use ai it's actually crazy okay so what we're going to do now is i'm actually going to show audrey a little bit of ai we're going to cut (laughs) out all of the the quiet bits and then we are going to have discussions about About how how revolutionary it really (laughs) is so my first little bit that I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to talk about Bing Image Creator or mm-hmm. a general image creator. Mm-hmm. I'm using Bing because it's free and I don't actually have to use my credits. Yeah, <laughs> it's such a pity though. I think this is a this is our cue to think about starting a YouTube channel as well. Yeah, but what we're going <laughs> okay. to do is after this we'll post these <laughs> images on our Instagram. So the first image when we mm. talk about them we'll label them and and actually give it a concept. So the first thing that I wanted to do is let's let's actually design a space mm-hmm. based on dirt. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's do let's say our concept is that we want to design a space based dirt. on dirt. Yeah. So I'm thinking mm-hmm. in lines of rammed earth walling. Mm-hmm perhaps even something along the lines of a concrete floor mm. brown tones i don't know what if it's going to be think? called earthy tones yeah called yeah, yeah mm-hmm. earthy tones mm-hmm. okay so let's let's create a little mood board for this okay so design or let's actually just call it a dirt house <laughs> mood board and then let's let's see what what ai gives us if yeah. we just do dirt house mood yeah. board now the before we move on, I think that this is where we're going to put a little bit of a disclaimer saying we don't necessarily approve or disapprove using AI in this way. <laughs> I think also what's interesting is what we're going to hopefully learn is to see how to phrase your prompts as well. Mm-hmm. Basically, you need to understand how to prompt it because that's the only way you'll get the images that you're looking for yeah okay with the the phrase dirt house mood board what actually popped up now (laughs) is a couple of houses made out of dirt (laughs) and it's staggered it in in your your traditional Mm. i don't know grid Grid type of layout yeah so we're going to be sending saving that one (laughs) and sending that to you guys a little bit later okay and then Let's try, let's try and make it actually something like we would see when mm-hmm. we actually get out there. Mm-hmm. So instead of just saying Dirt House Mood Board, I'm going to use our, our name, Design mm-hmm. With Dirt, mm-hmm. and that is going to be the prompt that we're going to be giving it there. Yeah. Because that is more realistic of what your concept would be. Mm-hmm. You have the concept of designing with dirt. Mm-hmm. So in this case, Design With Dirt very curious to see what it designs because you did not specify what product it is you're designing yeah so so keeping it open it might actually yeah. give you a creative look mm-hmm. if i see it's given us a couple of houses, houses. at the moment so yeah. i think that the houses i'm going to download one of the ha- these houses. houses very interesting that 
it's very different from the first set of images. Yeah. Even though we say design with dirt, we're seeing greenery, we're seeing more cleaner finishes. Okay, let's see. Okay, so now let's try a design with the mood board. And just coming back to the prompts, the prompts are very important in this case. Mm. You need to be relatively specific with mm. what you want to achieve. And I know that there's a lot of people who have a lot of courses on on designing or using your prompts, prompts. in the correct way. Yeah, yeah. But the way that you explain it could actually con convey a concept mm. very well. Mm. So in this case, I mean, this is looking a lot more <laughs> like something that we would actually be using mm. in the industry. Mm. We're not just there yet. So I'm going to be playing around with it a little bit and yeah. give you guys the final prompt of what I would actually have used as a mood board. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll send it through to you. It will probably be something along the lines of dirt mood board yeah. or something like yeah. that. And I think that that's, that's most likely, you know, what you're going to be looking at. You're going mm, to be looking mm. at what is going to get your message through as yeah, much as possible. Yeah. I'm quite enjoying the images that are being generated here because I've actually had this conversation so many times in my classes this week. My students keep coming back and asking me, what is the difference between a mood board and an inspiration board? Now, my explanation has always been, you need to start with words that describe the mood that you would like to capture in the space and find images that represent or capture that mood in the best way possible. And what I'm actually seeing is that just by prompting AI with just one sentence, it literally does the work for you. So you don't even have to necessarily overthink it because again, having to sit down and think about what images would best represent that could you know, be a bit of a challenge to some students or to some designers in this case. Uh, but this is perhaps a good way to start. It doesn't mean that now when you're incorporating AI in your design process that the final, the image you get is the final product. I think it could be a good place to start if you still want to have, you know, that creative input in the final product. Yes, and, and I think that that's one of the, the conversation points of here is now instead of looking for something very specific, you can actually allow your students to engage with AI mm. so that they can discover it themselves. Mm. And and previously, and I've done it before, I'm sure yeah. you've done it too, is you would say, oh, this is a mood board. Then you climb onto Google and look for a mood, <laughs> mood board. board. And yeah. then there's a million terrible yeah. examples and yeah. one good example. And AI allows for more of the good example to pop mm, up mm. because that's what the masses see as a mm, mood board. Mm. So we found a couple of nice mood boards of, of dirt over here. It's giving <laughs> us a little bit of tones and all of those type yeah. of things. I'm probably going to take AI and try and get a color palette or something mm, from that from a little bit well. later. Yeah. And then perhaps in the next episode, we can we can talk about how we actually mm. applied it in the space. Mm, so mm. that's the that's the first app that we've used. It's a normal image creator called Bing. It's powered by DALI, which is the image creator that Bing is outsourcing to. And this is not sponsored by Bing <laughs> <laughs> or Midjourney. But, but, but should they want to sponsor, we're open to... I don't, nope. I don't know if I'm willing to do that. <laughs> okay, so so let's move on to the next step. So now we've 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 made use of that, mm -hmm. and the next step is is to think about how we're going to start applying that mm -hmm. onto into a space. So how mm -hmm. can we think a little bit bigger than that? Yeah. So I have a, a Midjourney account. Mm -hmm. I played a little bit around with Midjourney. Um, 
And with mid-journey, you can generate images and just have a look at those images mm. that I typed up there. And it really is, I just said designing yeah. with dirt and mm. it popped up these mm. images a little bit earlier. But with with mid-journey, what you can do is you can actually go through and make use of some images yeah. if you don't just want to use, generate this stuff itself. So yeah, let's yeah. say, for example, let's imagine, and now we're giving it a prompt, a, a living room with what do we say rammed earth walls yeah and the pool in the middle (laughs) go wild yeah this is sounding like a first year prompt (laughs) so because i described in this way it's probably Mm -hmm. going to give me some some weird stuff Mm -hmm. so let's let's have a look at what it gives me okay absolutely love that the pool is not blue (laughs) yeah uh, can I tell you that it's it's making uh, very realistic images. It, it does. Mm. Mm. And we can upscale it and make it even more mm. realistic at the moment. But yeah, I'm not going to do yeah. that right now. But the idea is, that, I mean, it's looking beautiful. It's mm. not looking very real at the moment, mm. though. It looks like these one of these very these scenes that you would see in like a Star Wars movie or something along the lines of that. This looks like Tatooine, don't you but... think? But... But can I say what's what's a bit eye-opening to me is the fact that when you were articulating the prompt verbally, I started picturing what that could look like. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely not what AI has has given us. Yeah. And I like that because it has I I want to say it has a wider frame of reference, whereas before yeah. Our design ideas were very much limited by our frame, our own personal frame of reference, mm. and that to me stands out. And and you know this is this is one of those areas where I'm talking we're talking about abundance mm. again because mm. now we have different images, so yeah. that means that our concept is not as clear mm. as we thought it is. Yeah. So we need to be able to explain our concept a mm. little bit better as yeah. designers. Yeah, and I think that that's one of the things that we could look at and work on with mm. our students and mm. our classrooms in the industry you know yeah, yeah. what if we describe our concept so well that ai mm. generates exactly what we what want what we want yeah and my other favorite thing is that once you get this image you can keep reworking it based off on what you're seeing and say no i don't like this could we change this particular element to look like this and the more you prompt it, the more you work on it, the closer it gets to your vision. And you're actually starting from a point, this is miles ahead from where I actually started. So yeah. I've actually taken so many steps ahead and I just need to keep working on what AI has generated for me. Yeah. So the question now is when you had a concept, what did you imagine? How was your concept different from this? And I think that that is <laughs> yeah. where it comes. Is yeah. Now the AI has generated this wonderful thing, but mm. are you adapting your concept based on what you're seeing, seeing? in AI? Yeah. Or are you allowing AI to dictate something mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. shows you? And I think that there is a little bit of a give, mm. uh, give and take. Mm. I- but your concept, when you actually give the concept mm. prompt to AI should not be living room based on dirt. <laughs> it should be something much bigger. It yeah. should be something a little bit more in depth. Yeah. It should be something along the lines of with a reference image. Mm. Mm. It should be something along the lines of the classroom, a modern day classroom mm. Mm. that makes use of dirt in a specific yeah. area. Yeah. You could also go and you know 
add reference images mm. that mm. that AI mm. can make use of. That's the next point. So the next point is now if you had to 3D model or something along the lines of that, yeah, maybe yeah. I should just go take a photo somewhere quick. <laughs> just give me two seconds. So ideally, what we're saying is don't start with AI. You do need to carry out some research, understand what it is you're going for, then use AI as a tool to support that process. Okay, so I went into a very dodgy... Oh, wait, let me get back to you. <laughs> So I went to one of the dodgiest, dodgiest areas on the campus and I took a photo of that, that little area. And let me quickly send this to my journey. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now I'm running it in, in a way where it's actually having a look at the image and it's going to be taking that image and it's going to be generating some of, some result mm based on that image and designing with it. So mm-hmm. I made a little bit of a typo, so that's perfectly fine. <laughs> but now that I'm going to, we'll, we'll show the reference image yeah. along with the actual image. Yeah. So this is how we could potentially add a spatial component mm-hmm. to what the mm-hmm. actual image mm-hmm. is. So mm-hmm. if we 3D model a very simple 3D model, mm-hmm. maybe sketch out a very mm-hmm. simple 3D um, sketch, we could, in theory, mm. then make use of stuff like Midjourney mm. to to make a, a very beautiful you know, sketch at mm. the end of the day. Mm. And then mm. we've done the spatial planning components mm. already. Mm. And that's something that we see lacking in the AI at the mm. moment. It's not very good with the spatial design. Yeah. It's very good on the theming type of mm. thing. There are a lot of people working on generating spatial designs. Yeah. There are a lot of tools out there for spatial design. But it's not necessarily the focus of generative yeah, AI at yeah. the moment. I'm just looking at those images and I feel like I want to take one of my students' current brief. And then feed it into AI and, then, yeah, and say improve it. Yeah, and just see what it will come up with. Mm-hmm. So the beauty of this is that you can you can go and take one of these images and improve on it. Mm-hmm. So we can, I mean, that ugly little picture that I pulled up <laughs> over there. If I had to... To take this image in mm-hmm. and say, oh, I'm not talking into the mic. Just give me a second. So what we could do is we could take a a image mm-hmm. and we could be very specific about what we want to see in that space. So let's say I took this little freezer little area over here, mm-hmm. and I said, what if we take that space and we change it into a biophilic area with mm-hmm. with yes. a biophilic office with plants? Mm-hmm. Let's have a look at what it what it actually pops us. up with. Mm-hmm. Now in this case, it's added a lot of windows over here mm-hmm. in in the space, and it's not necessarily a realistic. A- of what's happening Mm. but i think that in some of these pictures (laughs) there are some elements that Mm. we could use Mm. um so like for example we could easily superimpose this in Mm. photoshop or something Mm. along the lines of now and then with a generative ai Mm. in photoshop Photoshop we could substitute some (laughs) elements of others we can bring the walls back we Mm. can clear up some of the things Mm. and then really make it look a little bit more like the original image but with that said there are already functions in generative ai that Mm. will allow you to retain the original images Mm. qualities yeah so Mm -hmm. Now that we've spoken about (laughs) these three elements, 
what are your thoughts about generative AI that you've seen today about mid journey and how how that actually I want to jump on it as soon as possible Mm -hmm. and just explore the potential of what this could mean especially for the conceptual development Um, actually just wanted to say it's very interesting that I'm looking at the four images that have now been generated and even though you did not specify some design details like what the ceiling should look like it's already given you three options for what the ceiling could potentially look like in your office without you even necessarily having to think about what that you know that that office could look like so the beauty about this is we know what the materials Mm. are so now with our knowledge of Mm. the materials we can actually have a look at that and say okay well this we can probably specify as that the the flooring we can probably specify as Mm. a carpet tile Mm. that kind of looks like one of those other carpet tiles (laughs) that the rep showed the other day that's the type of thinking that you can you can as an interior designer then implement over here Mm. but then you're going to be substituting this by saying okay well this is real world knowledge that i have Uh, mm -hmm. points to that and that brings it back to the concept and Mm. understanding a concept yeah I think what's very important for us to remember at the end of the day is that AI as a tool does not substitute our knowledge. It's very much reliant on our knowledge, especially Correct. for us to produce the work and the product that we envision to give to our clients. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, it's very much reliant on what we know, what our clients' needs are, and how we can use AI as a tool to make us basically efficient. Mm. So with that said, if you had to have a look at those one of these images, are any of them for that little corner that I pointed out mm-hmm, to you, mm-hmm. are any of them a true solution, like just as is for that corner? Just as is? No. No. Nope. Okay. But there are elements that you can take as inspirations. Can... If you had to build the site from scratch, easy to plan and build yeah. with this image. Yeah. I think so. Okay. The thing is... Now, when we start looking at the nitty-gritties of interior design and functionality, there's obviously a few things that can and should be changed based on the images that we're looking at. But that's okay. It's given us a good basis. It's giving us something very realistic. Yeah. How much work do you need to put into making this before it is a final product? So if you had Ooh. to start technical drawings <laughs> now and you need to yeah. start construction detailing and yeah. all of that, yeah. there's still a ton of work. That there is still a ton of work, yes. Okay, so that's that's one area that we've looked at mm. in AI. And I mean, we're talking a little bit about just generative images. Mm. There are other tools out there. There are a little bit of spatial planning yeah. tools. I think there's like interior AI mm. that makes use of spatial planning and all mm. of those type of things. Yeah. But like from a core foundation area i think it it's very interesting to see these things Mm. so now moving over to me asking questions more (laughs) questions who do we know that that does ai so i am quite a fan of dr sechaba mape and his counterparts menzi glovu and dark so they are a group of architects based in Johannesburg, South Africa, who have been very vocal about using AI to articulate 
narratives, especially on African speciality and spirituality. The other one that has been quite prominent and has been featuring quite a lot on my socials is Vincent Shomba. Again, very much telling African narratives. The only difference is that his focus is on visualizing what contemporary African architecture could look like. Whereas the first three that I mentioned, their angle is actually on preserving African heritage and making it adapt to the contemporary world. And that's how they're bringing in AI because now they, again, with understanding what these narratives are, they can easily articulate it and feed it into um, AI for it to be able to generate images that could be viewed and consumed as you know contemporary architecture that is representative of the African narratives yeah. that they're now um, trying to get across. And that speaks very much to the, the the first point that we talked about abundance. You know because now we're we're adding a little bit of the African design to the the database mm. of Scandinavian design mm. that we spoke about. Yeah. So we're seeing a little bit of that pull through more often. Mm. So we're exposing ourselves to more of that so that we can expose yeah. ourselves to more and more and yeah. more of it, right? Yeah. And in terms of how we then consume architecture and how we consume the visual elements of what architecture could be, I think once you start you know, applying some of these technologies to help you with articulation of what we envision these spaces and these products could start looking like. We're competing very well in the global field because sure, as you can see in some of those images, they do have uh, very distinct aspects of what can be considered as African architecture, but the quality in the images, should these buildings actually be built, would I would say that would compete very highly in the global stage. Yeah, yeah, and these don't these don't look a- anything like the mm. Rondavals we were talking yeah, about at yeah, all. Yeah. These look like very very modern, mm. very good looking type of homes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I would love to live in something like that. That that kind of looks like that looks like the first prompt that we put that <laughs> in. You know. Yeah, uh, yeah. And oh. These are actually beautiful, which now brings me to, we might not talk about this fully in this episode, but, you know, there's this ongoing conversation of how we're now sort of defining what African architecture looks like. And I think once we start incorporating some of these tools, we're very much on the right track to solidifying what African design looks like, South African regional design looks like, East African, whatever, you know, however you want to put it. And because we're also applying, you know, contemporary technology, the frame of, again, going back to the frame of reference of what AI is using as a frame of reference, you can see there's very much many influences on contemporary building techniques, but whatever we're looking at feels very special to the context in which it is being designed for. Yeah. Yeah. And and just by looking at your normal straightforward AI that we've we've been looking at today Mm. Mm. to get to a point that these designers have been getting to there's a lot of conceptual development Mm. I would even say more so than your traditional projects Mm. Mm. and I think that that this is one of the areas where 
you know they they're making use of the tools to get to a much deeper mm. level of mm. design mm. that we don't necessarily think exists mm. in a, in your traditional mm. sense mm. what's actually very interesting for me is that i'm not seeing as experiment enough with what interior design could look like um, in a contemporary African setting. Yeah. What I've been seeing uh, on my socials is that actually designers who are not necessarily based in Africa are actually trying to play around with AI to generate images of what an African-inspired interior could look like. The danger is, again, their frame of reference is what we have now been fed of what we have been consuming to be African interior design and which is exactly the image we were talking at at the beginning yeah. of the episode. And so we're not actually contributing to the knowledge pool of what interior design in an African sense could look like, but rather we keep regurgitating what we've been consuming up until now. So which is 80s Sun City vibes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So this is us just throwing it out there that we're encouraging designers, especially interior designers, to again also play around with AI. Mm. I I know for sure this is going to be my next favorite thing to do going forward because I really want to see the potential of what we could do given the knowledge of what we understand about, you know, African design, its influence on how we do spatial production and coming from a background of interior design. I definitely want to put this tool to use and see what we could potentially come up with. With that challenge, I also want to you know, encourage our listeners, if, you, if you're trying out AI mm. and you're producing stuff, yeah. look at the prompts that you're using mm. and ask yourself, okay, how many times did I use Africa mm. in mm. creating this African design? Yeah. You don't necessarily mm. use the term Africa mm. at all. Yeah. You use terms like, if you want to do something mm. Joburg oriented, mm. you'll use stuff like, Josie or Joburg mm, or something mm, along the lines mm. of that to describe the scene mm. or if you're using something from a specific culture yeah. then you're going to be using that culture's terminology yeah. and then incorporating it in, into yeah. words like modern design yeah. into that so you're not you're intentionally going to avoid words like Africa yeah, because yeah. as soon as you add the word Africa, Africa yeah. it adds a little bit of a little <laughs> bit of zebra skin over here and uh, elephants and tusks. Yeah. What's also a challenge, I think worth mentioning, is that by us wanting to explore AI as a tool, we are challenged to also engage in literature that will give us enough knowledge or enough understanding to be able mm-hmm. to prompt AI accurately. So there's definitely reading and research that is going to be involved in this, which gets me excited. Yeah. And then with that said, what we're experiencing over here with AI, other people are also going to be experiencing. I'm sure if you go to, you know, Morocco, Mm. you're going to find out the exact same thing. Mm. We're imagining everybody just, you know, with with bells and bohemian clothing and things like that, you know. But the idea is that you're you're going to experience more than just the issue in South Mm. Africa. You're going to experience it in Mm. cultures. You're going to realize that there's a lot of stereotypes, Mm. cultural stereotypes that are coming through in AI, which is, which is one of the ethical risks Mm. that, that Mm. we, we risk with Mm. running AI Mm. or working with AI aside from copyright issues. We'll get to that (laughs) a little bit later. Okay. Okay. Are you happy? I'm happy. Are you happy? I am, but I just want to add that this is definitely not a conversation that's going to end today. 
I think the more we also personally explore what is out there and we're also keeping an eye out for whoever's doing amazing things using ai we're definitely going to be incorporating some of those things in our classroom so if any of our students are listening just be aware that we're going to be using a lot of ai you need to jump onto that bandwagon as soon as possible because we want to encourage again our students to explore because we did say we're going to talk about the positives and the negatives. I think it's very important for us that we have highlighted today the potential of how AI could make your work seamless, how it could make you more effective, how it could expand your frame of reference, how it makes you a better designer, because as we can hear, we're saying, no, now we need to read more, we need to understand about, you know, these different cultures more before we can actually start fitting our knowledge into the AI tools that we're going to be using. So... And who knows, maybe one day the AI is so good that mm. we don't need to work anymore. That's perfectly fine. But then at that stage, <laughs> I'm not going to be worrying about it because they also have AI doctors. They also have AI food generation. AI engineers, AI pilots. Yeah, yeah. Then we can sit like, like you remember the, what's that movie, Wally? Yeah, you know? yeah. Where everybody's just on a ship and too lazy to work. You then know? we can yeah. actually enjoy life. On yeah. that note, thank you for joining us today. I hope it was worth your time. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I think it was it was tons of fun. I hope it's the next episode is even more fun. Now to to cut out all the, the, the fun <laughs> stuff, including the thing I just said, and then we'll see you guys later. See you next week. Next episode. Next episode. No, not next week. No. Not do weekly stuff. See you next episode, and thank you for joining us. Bye-bye. Bye. Two rolls. <laughs>